listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Well, hello, everyone. This is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on another episode of the Rainmaking Podcast. Several years ago, I got to meet a business legend in doing my previous podcasts, and I really am honored to have him as a guest on this show today because he's got good content. Sometimes you meet people that are legends, and that's one of the reasons why I love doing this is because this gives me a front row seat to knowledge, to sit at the feet of people that are tremendous and that know quite a bit of, of content and are willing to share that. And I'm excited to bring his information to you. Let me tell you who he is, Dr. Ivan Meisner. He's the founder and chief visionary officer of BNI, the world's largest business networking organization. And by the way, if you've ever Googled Ivan, you'd see that he shows up everywhere on the web. He's truly a credentialed authority on business networking and rainmaking. Ivan has been called the father of modern networking by CNN and one of the top networking experts to watch by Forbes. Ivan is a New York Times bestselling author who's written 22 books and is a columnist for Entrepreneur.com. Ivan's been named Humanitarian of the Year by the Red Cross and is the recipient of the John C. Maxwell Leadership Award and is a co-founder of the BNI Charitable Foundation. Thanks for listening to Ivan today. I'm excited to have you partake in his wisdom. And now let me bring to you Dr. Ivan Meisner. I've got with me on the show today, Ivan Meisner. Ivan, thanks for joining me again on the podcast. Thanks, Scott. It's a pleasure to be uh, on with you. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, and you're a legend in the business world, and, <laughs> and I'm excited to hear about your book. I know that it's an interesting time that BNI has had make, to make some adjustments with the crisis, but let's kind of talk about your book. Tell me about the room concept, and, and, and tell me about the name of your book, and then tell me about the room concept. Sure. So the name of the book is Who's in Your Room? Mm -hmm. And the subtitle is The Secret to Creating Your Best Life. And this is really the first uh, personal development book that I have done. Uh, but, it, you know, I'm known as an expert in networking. But let me tell you, networking only works if you surround yourself with the right people. So here's the concept to the book. Imagine you live your entire life in one room. And that one room has only one door. And that one door is an enter only door so that when people come into your room or into your life, they're there forever. Wow. You can never get them out. Now, this is a metaphor, but if it were true, Scott, would you be more selective about the people that you've let into your life? Absolutely. And now that you've stated it that way, I'm kind of going through who are the people that I, I, I wish I had an exit door for. Yes. <laughs> now, you're absolutely right. And everybody says, yeah, I would have been more selective. So our question to the reader and to your audience is, then why aren't we more selective? Because I would argue that it's more than a metaphor. And here's why. If you're listening to this interview, I want you to think of someone who was in your life and you got them out. Because Scott, people tell me, well, I get people out of my life so that they're no longer in my room. Now, let's, let's talk about that. So I want you to, Scott, think of somebody that, that you got out of your life because they were caustic, they were difficult, whatever the reasons. Now, I'm not going to make you say who that is. Okay, good. I was wondering if... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do that. So I want you to think about that person. Do you have someone in mind? I do. Yes, okay. I do. And I want you to think about something that they did that really, 
really frustrated you or made you angry. You got it? Yeah, I'm thinking of it right now. So if they're still in your head, they're still in your room. Wow. And they will be there forever because all the decisions you make in the future will be impacted by the relationships that you've had in the past. One of the people that we interviewed was Dr. Daniel Amen, the neuroscientist, uh, you right. know, PBS specials on, sure. on brain science. And he said, people's, when you have a relationship, business professional with somebody, their fingerprints are all over your brain and you'll make future decisions based on your past experiences. So it becomes critical that we learn how to control the room of our life, to control who we're allowing into our life. And that is really the opening of the book. So do other people really have that much power in determining our happiness, Ivan? Well, we give them that power. And I think we, we, it's, we kind of look at it, unless we think about it, we look at it life like a revolving door. People are just coming in. Mm-hmm. And we we get them out of our life, and we think they're out of our room, but they're not. There's you know those experiences are still there, and so from that sense, yes, I think they impact one's happiness. And so one has to learn how to manage the room, manage who you let in, and then manage those relationships, which comes later. That right, right. You have let in, or maybe that you had no choice about, like family. You know, how do you manage those relationships down the road? What a profound concept. This is amazing. Tell me about when you talk about the concept of the doorman. Tell me about that and why is that, you know, why are determining our own values a prerequisite? Yeah, and, and you know what? This applies not only to us in our personal lives, but it also applies in our business our careers. I mean, I have allowed people into my life professionally that in retrospect, I probably wouldn't do it in the future or shouldn't have done it in the past. So I think your question was about the doorman. Yeah, that's right. Tell me about that. So the doorman is, is your conscious and subconscious mind that screens those people from coming in or out. Now, what do they screen them for? What do you look for? This is the only part of the book that takes a little bit of homework. And that is you have to get good with your values. You have to know what your values are. If you don't know your values, you can't screen people from entering your room. So you have to learn the things that are important to you. And the book has a couple of simple exercises. You can also go online and find values instruments to determine the kinds of things that are important to you. But here's a great place to start. And Mm -hmm. by the way, when I tell people start with your values, they go, I may say to them, like, give me your top seven values. And it's like deer in the headlights. They're like, what? Yeah, what are your top seven values as a person, as a human, as a business professional? What are they? And they'll hem and they'll haw and they'll go, oh, honesty. Okay, that's good. That's one. Give me six more. <laughs> like, they don't have them. So you've got to know your values if you're going to screen your room. Here's a great place to begin. Start with deal breakers. Okay. Now, if I asked someone values, they, they stumble. But if I say deal breakers, what is something where it just hits you like, I do not want that kind of behavior in my life? Most people can give you a few, at least one. So I'm, now I'm going to put you on the spot. You have one deal breaker that is just something you don't want in a relationship, professional, personal relationship. Yeah, of course. People that lie to you. Yeah, okay. That's one. And for me, I think that one's in almost everybody's list, including the people who lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want to be lied to. <laughs> but the one that jumped out at me when I started thinking about this concept was drama. People that are dripping in drama. 
And we all have drama. I got a little drama. Everybody's got a little drama. I'm talking about the people that everything that goes on in their life is full of drama. And it hit me that I really don't like that. And then I looked around my room and I thought, I got a lot of people with trauma. Right. I let them in. Some of them I hired. I hired knowing they had drama. And it was, it was all my fault. And that's where the principle of the doorman comes in, where you gotta, got to know your values, know your deal breakers. And that doorman, your conscious and subconscious mind, screens people out from gaining entry into your life. they got to stay out on the porch. Uh, they don't get entry into your life because the values that they have are not congruent. They don't have to be the exact same. Diversity is good, with, even with values. But they can't be dissonant with your values. Make sense? It's clear. I love how you articulate this, Ivan. Let me ask you this. Let's say that there's negative people, people yeah. that are a drain to you. Is there any way that you can restrict their access without angering them? What do you tell them so that they don't come into the room, but they're still on the outside, but you don't want to cause any furor from... Yeah. yeah. I don't like burning bridges uh, with people. That's just my style. So right. I, I tend not to burn bridges. But we have a whole section in the book on how to say no without sounding like a jerk. Mm. And sometimes I'll use some of those techniques with negative people. But uh, here's two techniques that you can use in terms of dealing with negative people that you maybe shouldn't have allowed them in, into your room, but you have. So start with understanding this. They may be in your life, but their baggage doesn't have to be. That's an important concept to begin with. Then apply a couple of other techniques. One is use homeopathic doses to deal with them. That is the minimum dose necessary to address the individual. So don't surround yourself with them very much. And along the way, benign neglect is the way you transition away from negative people. Benign neglect works when, even when you're not trying to make it work. For example, most of us have college friends or high school friends that were very close. We really like them, but over time through neglecting the relationship, it just, it just fades away. Hmm. Now, now try that with a plan. Have a plan for benign neglect. For example, if if I were flying into town with some, and there was somebody there, you know, they are in my room. I shouldn't have allowed them in. Rather than tell them a month in advance that I'm coming in town, I'll drop them an email the day before mm -hmm. and say, because they'll see me on Facebook and they'll go, "Hey, man, how come you didn't reach out to me and tell me you were coming into town?" So I'll reach out to them the day before and say, "Hey, I'm going to be in town tomorrow. I'm free between one and one thirty if you want to connect." And, and, you know, you can have a, a cup of coffee or, you know, in the afternoon, maybe have a glass of wine, just something to make the connection. But through benign neglect, you just dissipate the role. I see. I see. Very effective technique. Let me ask you this. You mentioned that they may be in your life, but their baggage isn't. What do you mean by that? And how do you keep people's baggage from getting in your life, even though they're in your life? So great story in the book uh, by Rick, one of my co-authors, Rick Sapio. He tells this fantastic story that's an example of what you're talking about. His mother, according to him, was very, very toxic. Uh, had a lot of emotional issues. Uh, she passed away a couple of years ago, but she had a lot of uh, emotional issues. And he would call her every Sunday and have a conversation. And she would just rant and rave about his brothers and sisters. And he has, he has like seven brothers and sisters. And she would just go on a rant and he, he would hang up every week, really upset. And so he did this. He said to her on one conversation, he said, mom, starting next week, if you start talking negatively about my brothers and sisters, I'm just going to say to you, mom, I love you very much. 
It's been good talking to you. I'll talk to you next week, same time. Bye. Hmm. I'm going to hang up. Well, next week came around and, you know, 30 seconds into the conversation, she's on her rant. He says, hey, it was really nice talking to you. I love you a lot, mom. Talk to you next week. Bye. Click. Hmm. And the next week, it took about 15 minutes. And the third week, it was like 40 minutes. After that, she never did it again. He said, I had the best conversations I've ever had with my mother. That's great. Throughout the rest of her life, we had mature adult conversations. And it wasn't all wine and roses. She, you know, had challenges, but it wasn't caustic. It wasn't toxic because she was in my life, but the baggage had to stay out. That's a great story. That's a great story, Ivan. What, let me ask you, what are some other key practices or recommendations that you talk about in your book that can help someone live a happier life? So once you understand the room concept, you know, you, you get your values down, know your deal breakers, hire your doorman, which is your conscious and subconscious mind. You know, we all have conversations with ourselves, And so that's what you're doing with the doorman. Is this, does this person have the right values? And then once you learn how to deal with the negative people, that's where you get to the, the practices to lead a happier life. So what we talk about there is we start by talking about balance. Mm-hmm. So Scott, would you like to know what we think the secret to balance is? Sure. Forget about balance. You'll never have it. <laughs> Now, that's somewhat freeing for some people, and it's very um, frustrating for others. So uh, we don't believe balance is possible. Balance is like this, like scales, almost like the scales of justice, where you know everything has to be balanced. Well, a life is more of a juggling act than a balancing act. Your business life it can't always be balanced with your personal and your spiritual and your health. And so instead of balance, we like to look at it from the perspective of harmony. And this is more than semantics. Harmony, even the graphic for harmony, the yin and the yang, you know, the circle that's half black, half white, yin and the yang, even that is out of balance if you separate them. Mm-hmm. And so harmony is more about creating a life, understanding that there will be imbalances throughout your life, but you can create a life that's got harmony by doing a number of techniques. And let me give you a few of them. Sure. The first one is so simple sounding, but it's, it's not simple to do. And it's just a couple of words, three words. Be here now. Be here now. Wherever you are, you are, be there. So don't be at home thinking about the work project that you have to do at the office. Don't be at the office thinking about the fact that you didn't spend enough time with the family last night. Wherever you are, be fully present. Uh, that is so incredibly important. I remember, you know, I travel a lot. I remember when my son was 17, I asked him, I said, hey, buddy, was I around enough for you? He's like, what? Was I around enough as you were growing up? He's like, you're around all the time. I'm like, well, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm, I'm gone like every other week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I have these business trips. I'm sometimes gone three days, sometimes a week. He said, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But I don't know. And, we, and by the way, we were sitting there playing a game of uh, Halo and he was kicking my butt. <laughs> We're leveling up. So it was buffering, leveling up. And he looked at me and said, it's like when you're here, you're totally here. So can we get back to the game? And I'm like, yes, we can. We can get back to the game. That's, That's the kind of thing I'm talking about is that you may not be physically present, but when you are present, be emotionally present. And that makes a huge difference in creating a life of harmony. Here's another one. You have to learn to both let go and hold on. Contrary to popular belief, you cannot have it all. You cannot have it all. People who say you can have it all are lying to you. Right. You have to pick and choose based on your values. And from those values, you focus on the things that are most important in your life. So you have to learn what to let go of. 
what things you no longer need to do or should do because they're not completely congruent with your values. And you need to learn what to hold on to with things that are completely congruent with your values. I'll give you an example. I was, I was on the board for a nonprofit organization, great organization. They did wonderful things, but there was one piece of it that wasn't, that was not in congruence with me for my personal values. And it was Mm -hmm. the cost of the program and it was, it was an educational program and it was just putting kids in debt. And I was like, you know what? This is not where I'm going to spend my time. And despite the fact that it was a good program, I stepped down from the board. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I mean by pick and choose based on your values. Well, Ivan, I'm curious, tell me what led up to you writing this book. You've got a lot of wisdom. You've written, what, about 16 books, something like that. You're busy. 24, but who's counting? Okay, <laughs> 24. And tell me what, what led up to writing this book? So, you know, I, I'm the founder of an organization called BNI, Business Network International, and it, it's a networking organization. And one of the things that I discovered early on is that the quality of your network depends on the, the quality of the people in your network. And so you have to surround yourself with the right kinds of business professionals. For us, we have this core philosophy of giver's gain, this idea that if I help you, you'll help me. We'll all do right. better as a result right. of it. Right. And so we try to find people that are givers, not takers. And this is about learning how to bring the right people into your life or into, into your network. And even though this book is not about networking, in a way, it's all about networking because networking is all about relationships. It's not about selling. Mm-hmm. It's about relationships. And so it's from my 35 years of experience in running the world's largest network that led me to do this book with my co-authors. That's great. Well, what would be some things that you'd like people to know about BNI? How can they get involved in that and how can that benefit them? So BNI, we have 9,500 groups all around the world. Uh, During the pandemic, we did the transition to online. So all of our groups are at the moment meeting online. Many of them will transition back to in-person. And last year, the organization generated almost $16 dollars worth of business for our members through this referral process that we have. And it's working online as well. So for anybody that's interested in checking out BNI, they can go to BNI.com and and check out the online system right now, which will transition back to in-person. And what type of industries do people come from that are involved in your network? Well, there's so many different professions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, drive down Main Street, look to your left, look to your right. Those are the businesses that tend to be in BNI. We have a lot of attorneys. We have real estate agents, uh, both commercial and residential, uh, people in the travel industry, computers, you know, almost every business that you'd see driving down the street. Because I learned a long time ago that people, business people, need referrals, they want referrals but we don't teach this in colleges and universities anywhere in the world. Right. And so this is a, a way for people to develop referrals in, in an organized system. That's great, Ivan. I'm glad you've been on the show before. I'm glad to have you on here today. Uh, tell me, where can people find your book? What's the best place they should see it? Is it from Amazon, other places? What, it is what available do you think in is bookstores. So if you want to go old school and drop into a bookstore, it'll be there. Uh, it's also uh, available on Amazon. And uh, we hit, uh, hit a bestsellers list on its release, a number one bestseller on Amazon when it was released. So That's great, uh, it's Ivan. It's done really well. And it's, by the way, it's a short read. We, we had this book up to 45,000 words, and it was just too much stuff. And we cut it back down to 15,000 words. So it was very actionable. That's great. Well, that's great. We'll put the link for BNI and also to the book on the show notes for the people that are listening that want to order that today. 
Ivan, thanks for being a guest on here again. I'm sure we'll have you back on here covering some other topics related to networking. And again, Ivan, thank you so much for being here today. Truly my pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.